Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. We got Max, we got Shane, and I am Mike. Fellas, it's been a minute. What's going on? Max, are you still touring? Are you still on tour? I feel like you're doing a show. I'm always no. seeing you in a different arena. It's done. What? Uh, well, we're, we have three more shows. So if you're in Montreal, Ottawa, or Toronto, you should come. Or and New York City, actually, in December. So uh, nice. but it's nice to be home. It's been really good to be home. It's nice to see you guys. I um, missed the wedding. The you big- did. The big Greg Veerman, Laura DeSantis. Is, is Laura taking your brother's name? Is she now Laura Veerman? You know, that's a great question. I, I she doesn't d- seem like that type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Danica didn't take my last name, so I I, I don't know what Laura... Mm-hmm. T- uh, yeah, I, if I had to bet, I would say she didn't. She's too young. I have a, I have a, hot, yeah. I have a hot take. I have a hot take here. Do you want to hear oh, this hot take? Uh, let's hear it. I disrespect women who take the name. well i would i get me in trouble ash am i am i not allowed to say that Uh, that that won't get you in trouble that's the safest hot take in the world that's such (laughs) like a faux hot take they think i'm gonna say this but i'm going to say the most progressive thing ever and shock the world no it's you're not being that's not a hot take i i I, that's my hot take is your your positioning though is instead of saying i respect women who keep their own name you Mm. went the negative way which is i disrespect (laughs) women who don't you could have said it in a way that wasn't as blunt right i have i have a tendency to do that like i gotta work on that (laughs) because yeah i should have just said i really respect when women hold on to their own name i have a hot take all people should be treated equally (laughs) (laughs) well the letters are gonna pour in let let me guess it doesn't matter 
your sexuality or your Nothing race. matters. Everyone or should be treated equally. <laughs> hot take. This is the hot take <laughs> podcast, guys. We're taking hot risks take. and we don't give a damn. No. <laughs> We're just going to say it. We're just going to say what is on. We are free thinkers on this podcast. Um, but yeah, how was it? Uh, I, I heard that there was copious amounts of uh, pizza and McDonald's. Uh, I also heard there's, you know, there's a bit of a gong show with like in that the venue had to be switched from the, the middle floor to the top floor because there was all this. Mm-hmm. There's like a rave happening, basically. Like <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a Halloween party. Uh, I heard it was like uh, a, yeah. like uh, like a, like a, the queer Toronto community decided to have their Halloween rave underneath. Yes. the wedding. That, that's what yes. I heard. Yeah, I heard. um one of our friends almost got into a fight with somebody outside. I heard there's lots of stuff. So walk me through. Uh, well, no, see, I, what, what's interesting is it's like, it was such a, like, there was so much going on at the wedding mm-hmm. and Shane and I were in the wedding party. So you're in different parts. You might be more aware of, like, you might have better stories than us because stuff happened, right? That we're not like, it's not like, uh, yeah, I'll say something's different about like weddings at this age is like in the past, there'd be a wedding and then we'd all get together and we'd like break down what happened and who did this mm. and who did, but it's like, I don't know, Shane, about you, but like, we all, like, I just, we all had stuff to do the next day and the next week that you back to your families. I haven't really broken down the wedding with anybody other than the, like the, chatting with mm-hmm. my brother more the next Honestly, day. Honestly, this is, if I have a problem with all my married friends that have children, it's not even the... Because you make it out to stuff. You, there, there is events that you can come to, but that is only half of the fun of being <laughs> right. friends. The other half of the fun is talking about it the next day. So when you're denied that, that's the upsetting part. Because it's not just the night. It's the next day where you want to be able to like go out for breakfast and talk about it. Yeah, you know? that is a nice part. I do, I do miss that. It's yeah, almost for sure. better, to be honest. I yeah. think it's better than the actual thing. Just talking about it afterwards. Life is always better in a story, too. Everything feels mm-hmm. better you know, when you're just highlighting the good parts. Well, I did hear that. Speaking of stories that, um, Mike, you delivered a humdinger of a wedding speech for your brother. Can you, can you give it to me right now? Can you give everybody the speech? Do you have it written down? I can't. The whole speech. The whole speech. I no, I did it from the heart. Uh, I, in the moment, you know, I just kind of like, no, stop it. I heard that you had, it was perfectly constructed that the thing that you mentioned off the top kind of comes back in the middle of the end. I was hearing rave reviews about your storytelling. Wow. You're going to, you're getting like the inside scoop. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I basically I kind of knew where I wanted to go and then I sort of got there organically, but I don't know, doing a speech like this, like is like the best man and it's your brother and all that stuff is it's like you can go one of two ways. It's like some people, they try to do a roast and a lot of people that do speeches don't do roast well. They just end up kind of awkwardly making fun of the person and it's kind of, un- so it's like, I, I, th- I just, I know like a lot of our buddies would want me to just get up and make some jokes about how Greg's cheap. Uh, but I was like <laughs> this, you know, and then I did this with Shane's wedding too. It's like, it's like one, I have such love for my friends that I want that to come across in my speech. I want to sort of distill what our relationship is. But then two, I'm also kind of trying to make you look fucking awesome to your new in-laws. So like with Shane, you know, mm-hmm. I, I said a thing about how, you know, when Shane puts his mind to something, he, he can accomplish anything. And that's why I know it's going to work with Alex because he's never been sort of more committed to making you know, putting his mind to something. So he's put his mind out. So that was sort of like the, the crux of who he is and why it's going to work. So with Greg, I was just like, I wanted to talk about sort of like who he is to me, how proud I am of him, uh, like sort of who he's become over the years, how our relationships evolved. And then ultimately you got to talk about Laura, you know, I just was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I don't know. I'm not gonna do the whole speech for you, but essentially I, I opened up and I basically just said, you know, at most weddings, you're going to see the parents speak, you know, 
like, unfortunately, both of our parents are no longer with us. Um, but I'd like to think that they are, you know, here with us in spirit. If you see a Coors light bottle floating by ghost style, then my dad is definitely here in spirit. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that was good. <laughs> so that's kind of how like I opened it. And then I was like, you know, I was trying to think a lot about my relationship with my brother and I, we've always been close. I looked and I was like, you know, man, you're like my best friend. Um, I was like, when we were little, we used to share a bed when I was in like grade three and he was in like kindergarten or whatever. We used to be for some reason inexplicably scared of kidnappers. We had this big window in, in the room that we slept in. <laughs> so like in order to thwart the kidnappers, we'd like hold hands when we slept. And then it would be like, if a kidnapper oh. takes you, Greg, I'll wake up and I can be like, mom, the kidnappers. But, or if they take me, then you'll be a lot, like you'll be alerted, you know, but inevitably we'd always wake up on opposite side of the beds and the kidnappers could have had either of us easily. So anyway, <laughs> I sort of like go in and then, I, you know, I, I talk about how, it, you know, I was, it was it started as a paternal relationship. I felt very much like, you know, nobody buy Greg beer. I'm actually just going to end up doing a whole fucking speech here. But anyway, <laughs> this might be longer, the, Mike. <laughs> I'm crying already. You know I'm a wedding speech yeah. writer, so this is good for me. I like it. Uh, you know, and, and to get into the, uh, the, the thing about, you know, just how it evolved and how Greg and I it went from this thing where it was like, I was looking out for my little brother all the time to him becoming like my peer and just how much I sort of respect who he's become and how hard he works and all of these sort of great attributes about Greg, what makes him so wonderful. And then I had, uh, I wanted to talk about Laura. And so I was, I, I kind of had a thing where I was going to talk about Greg's, um, indecisive. No, no, no. I, I had it as a different word. I had it as, um, Greg can be particular. But mm -hmm. and then his taste. But the night before, all the the wedding party guys were drinking. Laura, his new in laws, uh, Mike and Chris, like Laura's parents, had us all over for a dinner. And as we were in the Uber going back to Greg's, like the the groom's party, me, Shane, all these guys, Shane had said uh, he'd said to Mike, Greg's future father in law, he'd said uh, uh, Greg's indeci Greg's an indecisive person, but he was decisive about Laura. And I was mm -hmm. like, fuck you, Shane. I'm like, you're burning my line. I also I told uh, Laura's dad is also named Mike. I said, yeah. expect to hear that in the speeches because that is a thing about Greg and Mike, Mike went I didn't know that because he thought mm. Greg was very decisive yeah Mike DeSantis not Mike Veerman I knew Greg yeah. was decisive no right. my, yeah. my thing was it was you put it in a way though where it was more like a fuck you like oh you're like you've you've already said what I'm going to say but what is funny about a moment like that is I had it as particular it's very particular mm -hmm. it takes yeah. a long time to decide things but then you said he's he's an indecisive person. He says, well, I was like, ooh, I'm like, that's good, which is what like a lot of people they'll pluck. I was like, Shane actually said that in a way that's nice. So I said in the car, like with everybody, I'm like, I was going to say that tomorrow. And she was like, you can still say it. I told Mike that you're going to say it or whatever. Like, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, all right. So anyway, I get to that part where I transition into lore and I'm like, you know, Grace an indecisive guy, but he's very decisive about Laura. Oh, I also tied in the thing where it's like the big joke in our family is like, no one wanted to take Greg shoe shopping when he was a kid. Cause you'd get like shoes before you go back to school. It's like the one time a year we go get them, but nobody wanted to go with Greg. Cause he would take three or four hours to decide. He'd oh, be like okay. deciding between, should I get those Reeboks or should I get those he's Nikes? He's still like that. You know, like, I know. he'll contemplate like a baseball hat for three months or the, or the right jacket for five months. Like he really takes his time. But the thing is, He's got such great taste that no one ever he talks does. about the fact that he always makes the right choice. He takes a long time and then he sort of settles in something. So I kind of had it more in that way. And then I tied that in. I like, Laura, he's an indecisive guy, but he was so decisive about Laura. My big thing with her was that she obviously is an amazing uh, commercial writer. She did like uh, the egg campaign, which we talked about, the Justin Bieber, Tim Hortons campaign. So I was just like, the most devastating thing here is that I'm not the best copywriter in the family anymore. Mm. Uh, Laura is incredible. Talked about all her. And I did like, you know, I did some jokes about like, uh, oh, so she works in TV. What's she done? And it's like, oh, the egg campaign. I'm like, she did the fucking egg campaign. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I need tips. And, um, and then eventually, 
you know, I, I was talking about, I talked, you know, I sort of directly talked to her family and thanked them for bringing Greg into the family, but then we're a package deal. Cause her in-laws have a great place and I want to like watch sports there on Sunday. So I'm like, you know, <laughs> now that you got Greg, you're going to have Mike in there. And then, uh, yeah, I sort of closed with like, um, a bit where I just said, you know, you guys are the best together. I love you. Me and Danica love you. We've loved you, you know, Laura, since the minute you, you know, Greg and you got together and, uh, you know, Greg, uh, now if those kidnappers ever come back, you have somebody else to hold your hand in bed to sort of thwart. Oh, so there, that is, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Holding hands, wedding day, nailed it. Good job. Yeah. It was really yeah. funny because yeah. I was standing beside Myers, like right beside him while Mike's doing the speech and Myers is such a speech critic that it mm. starts and it like if it zigged he'd be like ooh don't know about that and he'd like put his finger it's like i don't know it's like you know where this is going and he'd kind of like look at me and give me one of those and then at the end he was like so impressed the way it came together it's like it all came together and he was he was really loving it and i was loving it through his eyes oh my man i i thank that i don't know thanks i'm glad it worked and obviously that weird retelling was nothing compared to like a room full of people. And I obviously went more into detail about what Laura mm-hmm. and Greg mean to, to, to me and all of that stuff. But, uh, it's very nerve wracking though. Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I like, know, but like I mean, not, it's more nerve wracking for other people than it would be for you. Cause you know how to speak in front of people, right? Yeah. So what I would say the nerve wracking part is this, is it's mm-hmm. like, so like the day starts and all the grooms guys are together, you know, guys are cracking beers. Dan Hamilton's like, Oh, he brought a case to like the early photos. And when you have something to do though, you can't really chill like until after that thing is done. So it was like, I got to watch all the other horses out of the gate. Like, you know what I mean? Like Shane was living free. Julian's living free. Ted, Dan, like everybody's sort of good. I'm like, ah, until I get the speech out the way that I need to, I want to get it out. Mm. I can't really sort of like join the party. Mm-hmm. So but That's once me you, on a show day. That's the right? same thing. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. I know. So I was very envious watching them all sort of like, enjoy themselves, not have this thing. And then, but then ultimately like, once you do it, it's like, it was obviously the greatest honor too to be my brother's best man. And yeah, man. So did the damn thing. But that is really funny about Myers, uh, that he was judging every twist and turn uh, along the journey. Shane, you are a good (laughs) observer of just human behavior. Was there anybody funny, particularly drunk or stupid or hilarious at the wedding? It's hard for me to to say, yes, there were, there were, but it's, <laughs> it, it is so hard to comment on it because you don't want anyone, you don't want to embarrass anyone, mm. but there was, uh, there was someone who interrupted the first dance and I don't know, maybe to some people, the first <laughs> dance is a big deal. Maybe it's not. What song was it, by the way? What song was it? Good question. What was it? Uh, it was the Dion song. Uh, oh. the Dion song oh, like, that he, that he, uh, the, proposed like, oh, to. I know that one. Don't let me go. No, uh, uh, born to be with you. Born to be with you. Yes. Yes. Yep. Good one. Yeah. Cool. So, <laughs> so yeah, this person came up and just spent a, a bit of a, a, maybe too long, arguably talking to them while they're dancing. And it seemed like a little what? kerfuffle <laughs> and everyone's just watching. And Alex is like, what's going on? What's going on? And like, I think Mike M was looking back like this is weird. And uh, <laughs> Unsworth and, and his girlfriend were just confused. Uh, but yeah, there was like a, a mini little pep talk going on that I'm not sure if it was appreciated. Maybe it was. I don't know enough about it, but I found that to be interesting and f- funny because I, I don't value the, the first dance, but I know someone, some people do. So I wasn't sure how it was being taken. Who is the person giving the pep talk to? Like both of them or just Greg or? The person, I'll say who it was. We'll probably have to beep this person's name. <laughs> okay. Just, but it was 
<laughs> what? What? <laughs> the most like self-aware, like socially capable person we know. Well, not always. Um, so <laughs> he he might have been like you know <laughs> is a very svelte person, and he might have had too many drinks at this point. Mm. <laughs> so he was really like he was looser than I'd seen him in a while, and. Uh, he also likes people to enjoy the moment. And maybe he was his thought process was this moment is isn't being enjoyed properly. So <laughs> he, he's a bit like he wanted to be like, enjoy this moment. This is your first dance, like appreciate it, savor it. So it was kind of like that Billy Madison face shaking moment. <laughs> he's like, you'll never forget this moment. They're like, yeah, we won't now. Yeah. Yeah. And ultimately, those <laughs> moments, they do make weddings more memorable like you know you don't want it to rain on your wedding day or anything but all these little like things that seem disastrous or weird or whatever just make it better in hindsight yeah no that's great and the that's the, awesome. the rave or whatever was going on the halloween party up and down that did not affect anything i thought it i was actually a little disappointed that there wasn't more wild things going on because I thought we'd see a lot of funny costumes. One wedding crasher, but that was it. Get out, really? Yeah, one. He, not a wedding crasher. He was confused on where the party was, and he walked up to us, but he left immediately. Right. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. What was the what was the costume? He he looked a little bit like a Tim Robinson like gangster. Okay. All right. So he blended Maybe. in a little bit. He was wearing like a, a suit. <laughs> Unzi also looked very cool. He's like growing a mustache. He kind of had like the open collar, no tie. Mm -hmm. Like it was very, uh, it was, it was very like Miami Hollywood. look or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Greg, yeah, Greg wore a green velvet suit. It was, it was like a mm. statement suit, uh, which mm. looked awesome. And probably um, thought about it for a while. He probably thought he, what the reference yeah. was. And yeah, yeah, cool. I believe Jason Schwartzman was the reference because Schwartzman naturally. Yeah. Good reference. Uh, but yeah, well, what would I, I want to hear from your perspective, Max. What else did you hear about this wedding? It's kind of interesting for us to hear what you heard, what the scuttlebutt was. Well, I, I just heard that one of our friends uh, had to go downstairs to get a delivery, an Uber Eats delivery. Mm. Oh, yes. Yes. And, um, and so I think because when he was picking up the delivery, somebody else in another car was making uh, it like the purpose of the night for this person was just to yell homophobic comments at people kind of going in and out of the venue. No. And he yelled, yeah. And then, so our friend was like, got the delivery, got the Uber Eats delivery, brought it upstairs and then handed over his like phone and wallet to uh, our other buddy. And it was like, I have to go downstairs and fight somebody right now. So I don't know. I don't think the fight actually happened, but that, that was happening on the street outside. So it's like this, so this LGBTQ Parties going on downstairs, and some random person it just wants to stand outside the party yelling slurs. And just yell stuff. I think that's basically what it is. And then, and then so, so someone our, from our wedding party went down yeah. to fight that person. To fight that person, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't think it actually. I don't think the fight went down, but there was a moment, a dramatic moment, I heard where yeah. they said, "Take my wallet, take my phone. I'll be right back," which is kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, yep. that would have been uh, amazing if there was a, an ass kicking for justice outside the wedding. Yeah, the other thing I heard um, was that. Uh, Dan and Julian were sent to the McDonald's to, to pick up McDonald's food. Yeah. And because there was about, I heard like 200 orders of six piece chicken nuggets and 200 orders of Big Macs. And there was like literally more McDonald's that you could possibly eat. They were in the McDonald's for like an hour 
Uh, so uh, as the as the best men, they were standing at the McDonald's at Bloor and Dovercourt. Yeah, for people in Toronto, this wedding was right downtown. It was like just it was on Dovercourt, just north of Bloor. So it was right in the city, and uh, they had to wait for the McDonald's for an hour, which I thought was just like a funny <laughs> like thing to be doing on a wedding night, just be like hanging out in, in McDonald's. Is that correct? I don't. Yeah, I know they went to get it, but yeah, like yeah. you said, like it can feel like a long time for sure. Uh, you know, you yeah, it's like. Yeah, is there a more ideal person to send, like some junior person, <laughs> some junior McChicken? <laughs> yeah. Who's uh, the, who's the assistant? But um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, no. I, I, but I actually, so during the show, I uh, our show in Edmonton because we were in Edmonton. I I uh, told the story of Greg and Laura a little bit on stage, and I got everybody to uh, say we love you. Everybody oh, in the crowd. Mm, that's and I awesome. Send that to, I send that to Laura and uh, and Greg at four in the morning. Um. Yeah, it was a good time. The uh, yeah, it was just like the vibes were really good, and everybody just like partied hard. Like you know what I mean? I think people mm-hmm. were out for the night. Like our group, mm-hmm. like our sort of Hamilton contingent. I feel like just we're going for it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Also, a wedding like this, which is like I think by design, because you know Greg and Laura want to make sure that everyone has a fucking awesome time. Is it's not like a sit down dinner, right? It's like a it's an unconventional wedding in the sense that it's like you go. They got married in like um like everyone sort of made a circle around them, and they were kind of under these awesome disco balls, and that's mm. where they did the ceremony. Uh, they were their own MCs. Um, ah. and yeah, it was cool, man. So they were like they kind of like thought it out in a way, but. I think like a lot of people, even like the, the, the older generation, like her parents, their friends who were awesome. They were really fun. Like I ended up chatting with like a lot of people. Cause what, ha- what happens too, is I was like the first speech of the night is you sort of make the speech and then you're kind of like walking through the crowd, but everybody you're kind of like wedding famous. Everyone wants a piece of Mikey because you're wedding you famous. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> wedding famous. You're wedding famous for like an hour. So then I was like in a conversation with like Rick, like her dad's buddy from, you know, and he's, he's like, you know, you can come over to my place and watch football if you want, you know, if Mike won't have, you know, they all got jokes and, uh, and anyway, but everybody, uh, so everybody was just basically like, no one's sitting down for dinner. So everyone's just kind of drinking mm, and that's fine. And then the pizza comes at like whatever time that came at, like nine or 10. I don't know when it was, but that's when people can first eat. But they've all sort of like they put in some time drinking. So I think people were just loose and having a really sort of like mm. fun time. Actually, we Shane, remember we got because Winona and Roberta and Danica were there earlier in the day. We had some photos with the families, like during the whatever the set photos and all that shit. But um, but Dan got like a maker pizza because like Winona needed mm. to eat something, but the groomsmen hadn't really eaten. So then I was kind of like, they leave the venue and now it's just us with Greg and like, it's like the wedding parties, but I'm sitting there with like two slices of pizza at like six or five in the afternoon or whatever. But I felt very guilty. Like I was like, do I split this pizza with everyone? I'm also starving. I didn't eat or anything, <laughs> but then, you know, Shane sat down and I like offered him like three times and he wouldn't take it, but I could just see the look in his eyes that he was like starving. So I just had to rip a piece off and force him to take it. And then he finally took it when I like shoved it into his face. And then Dan walks over and goes, can I have a bite of your shit? Yes, <laughs> you wanted a bite of your <laughs> Yeah. And then Shane goes, knew that was coming. Uh, so then we just kind of scavenged that. And then it was like the night was rolling. And then you know, there was an avalanche of food once it started coming, like the, the mm. McDonald's and the yeah, pizza. Yeah, it was a wedding designed for the party, which I like. Yeah. Because sometimes yeah. the party can fall apart once it's like, all right, everybody, let's hit the dance floor. And the, the party was the star of this wedding. Mm. Uh, this this was the Matt Unsworth quote. Uh, he said, uh, uh, awesome time. I was saying last night, uh, Greg and Laura managed to take all the boring parts of a wedding out and just focus on the fun times. Mm-hmm. Yes. True. So perfect. I, I want to get sort of like, obviously, you know, you, 
you're a busy man. You book these mm. tours months and months mm -hmm. in advance. Mm -hmm. So much planning goes into your year. And uh, mm -hmm. how did it feel? You know, you, you and Greg are like super fucking close and you weren't mm -hmm. able to be there. How does that feel for you? Uh, just in general, you miss out on a lot of life's events because of the nature of your job. I know. I'm how hurt are you? You no, know, I mean, I missed your wedding too, Shane, and that was really disappointing. So, yeah, it definitely sucks. <laughs> nice but to also, hear about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear shit at the time. <laughs> Not Listen, one apology. Yeah. I've been harboring this immense right. pain and guilt uh, for yeah. the last four or five years, however long it's been. Um, yeah, no, it sucks. I mean, I think that's sort of the trade-off you make, though. I mean, everyone's making trade-offs in life, and you know, part of the nature of the working for yourself and getting to be in a band and traveling and all that stuff is that the unfortunate thing is that you miss weddings like this. So, but I am a believer that, you know, as, as important as weddings are and as memorable as they are and as unique as they can be, we're going to have a, lots of the other unique times. And also let's be fair. I basically organized the entire Chicago trip and I came through on every level. So I've, <laughs> I've, 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 uh, I've, I've done my part for Greg, you know, Greg, I don't owe Greg anything. <laughs> you were 100% the cheat code for Chicago. Chicago mm -hmm. isn't Chicago. If we don't have you as sort of the, you know, the linchpin of everything, mm -hmm. you're like the all access code, the power mm -hmm. glove, whatever you want to call it, the, the game genie. You were, mm -hmm. you unlocked so much for that trip that made it memorable. So take a victory lap on that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel so, pressure uh, to do that? Cause you knew you wouldn't be at the wedding. I, I did actually. I just knew Greg was going to go after me if I didn't uh, really come through <laughs> in Chicago. After you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There's no wrath like the Greg wrath, you know, for, for such a, like a sort of sweet kind of soft spoken guy and very contemplative as we know. When he's mad at you, he gets mad at Short -lived, you. Short-lived, <laughs> The next day, he'll flip-flop on it. He doesn't yeah, hold yeah. a grudge for long. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, but we, when we were in Alberta, guys, um, missing the wedding, we were getting lambasted on Twitter. And I kind of want to get your opinion Love on that this. Word. Because what? It, yeah, well, I, I'm not uh, aware of this. Give us well, the certain story. corners of tw Twitter, and and we haven't really uh, addressed it 
on our own socials because it's like kind of pointless. But basically, some like fringe right wing Twitter community saw an article and a statement that I made when this tour went on sale like like a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. saying that like we approve of the vaccine. We are vaccinated. And for you to come to the concert, you need to be vaccinated. That was also the law of the land at the time, right? So it wasn't like we were saying anything that wasn't in lockstep with what the government was saying anyway. We were just like, yeah, you need to be vaccinated. We support it. It of wasn't course, a hot the take. Situation, it, was, it wasn't a hot take. It wasn't, it wasn't a max hot, hot take. take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not like you heard earlier. Um, we ended up, obviously the rules have changed and, and the law now is that anybody can go anywhere, whether you're vaccinated or not. And also you don't have to wear a mask on a plane and also you don't need to be vaccinated to come in again. Like things have changed. Uh-oh. And ostensibly the rules are about the same as they were before the pandemic. Like freedom as these folks conceive of it is back and, you know, seems to be available to everybody. So anyway, people are got a hold of this news article from you know, 16 months ago and was like, these guys are trying to segregate every, it always turns into segregation and Nazis and Trudeau and liberals and, you know, all that stuff. Um, So it was interesting, you know, not only fending off or just like reading the tweets and the uh, Instagram comments and stuff like that and TikTok, but also um, Ash got a barrage of uh, emails. So I'll read you uh, some, uh, one second here, cancel culture. Um, so you guys, you're canceled for your concerned attitude about my medical choice. I was going to be at one of your shows cancellation in place, Matthew, good cancellation in place, communist party looking for a headliner. What's the status of your band's STD status? Like why, why are we bringing in our STD status into this, uh, conversation? Uh, (laughs) someone else. Good afternoon. You guys put out great music. Uh, I'm writing you to express my disappointment in your choice to push the vaccine passport for your concert goers. Your choice, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go to the show. But my favorite was that the <laughs> the the subject matter uh, was potential private show. And we're like, private show? Sweet. Like, we love getting corporate offers, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, here comes another sweet corporate. Where are we going next? Cancun? Are we going to Brazil? You know, what are, what are we doing? Um, and then, so it said, potential private shows, dot, dot, dot. Kidding. You should be ashamed to represent a band who discriminates <laughs> against people for their medical choices. That's awesome. Was a fan. Not anymore. Boo. Wow. <laughs> this is incredible. So I, we enjoyed that a lot. Um, but I guess my question is, is like, I, I had, I had like, um, you know, filmed a, cause I was like, do I address this? Do I like flame the fire or do I just like kind of let it go? Because on a certain level, most people aren't, don't even know this is going on. But every time we see it, we were like kind of feel personally attacked and we want to be able to clear the record that like, first of all, that's not the law anymore. Second of all, you folks that pride yourself on doing the research, they've all done the research. They know the research. Mm-hmm. Better. Do some fucking research and know that anybody can come to this fucking show. Stop bothering us about an article that was put out 16 months ago. So that's kind of what I wanted to say. I opted to not say anything. It's more fun to talk about on a podcast. But what, what, what should I have done, Shane? You're good at handling controversies. You have to ignore it. it, it you're being unfairly picked on. I mean... Mm-hmm. R. Kelly accusations were going on for years and they were still playing the remix to Ignition at weddings and everything. And people were still a huge fan. So for you to just say everyone comply with the mandate and people saying they're not a fan anymore, that that's uh, you can't even take that seriously. 
Yeah, that's kind of feels like where where it's at when it comes. You to can't like, acknowledge it. And these organized groups, that's all it is. It's an organized groups. There's so few of them. They have to find each other in all parts of the world so they can have a significant enough of a footprint to give the illusion that there's a lot of them. Mm, that's true. That's you true. Know? So I just don't say like this is an organized attack by very few, like 0.1% of the population. And the thing that's stupid about it is this is like, you know, when the pandemic started, it was like an incredibly uncertain time. It was a once in a lifetime, fingers crossed event. People were genuinely trying their best. Modern science created this vaccine that did really help and continues to really help. And you know, we had to put really strict measures in place that we will look back on and some were really necessary. Some probably weren't, but like the people in charge, I think, you know, were doing their best. They didn't deliberately want to, you know, make sure that people were like separated from their families, people, just, but they had to make some rules. And now it's back to normal. The, the, the thing that always kind of bothers me is just like, guys, you can do whatever you want now. Like, what are you even ang- like? What are they angry? They about don't stuff? even know. The problem is it became so much a part of their identity. Now they're worried their identity has <laughs> been lost. So they need to like reclaim it and get fake drama going again. You know what I mean? Like it's the fight has been like part of their lifestyle and they probably made a lot of friends and hung outside Tim Hortons. <laughs> outside Tim Hortons. Did you say hung outside of Tim Hortons? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do that <laughs> it's like motorcycle people they don't know what they're doing they just want to go to tim hortons and hang out and chill uh that is yeah you're not wrong so i guess we just is, is there any constructive mike what do you think is like the best place to have a constructive conversation it does not appear to be twitter tiktok no. seems to be a pretty vile place is there is there even a place to have a constructive conversation in Probably person not publicly yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Like, not in an we, open forum. Like, mm-hmm. my policy literally, you know, like Facebook, I've talked about this a ton, but like, there's people you went to high school with, and then somebody will like post something that is like maybe like some like slight or a dig at somebody where they don't name them, and then somebody will jump in the comments and say something, and then it turns into a fight, and then another friend will defend on the comments. That's literally been happening since like social media has been around and I have never once, even if I want to, and there's been times where I want to get in and debate or share an opinion or say why somebody's wrong. I literally walk away from my computer. I I said to Danica years, I'm like, never engage in those things. Nobody wins. Nobody Mm -hmm. wins. Even if you think you win, you didn't win. Guys, it is time to talk about our very, very comfortable Baffin Kush booties. We talked about it last week. We love wearing them. I got mine on right now. I'll let the listeners know. You can go to Baffin.com. The code is BESTHANG30. You get 30% off on a full order. Enjoy those sweet Kush booties. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Hmm. When we were on stage in Edmonton on uh, the day of Greg's wedding, I wore the, the Baffin Kush booties on stage during soundcheck. And, and it was probably the most enjoyable sound check uh, I've had. So what I want to encourage anybody who gets the Kush booties is try them out in everyday life. This is not just for like, you know, post, you know, 7 p.m. when you're mm-hmm. kind of getting ready to sort of stay in for the night. You can bring them to other places. I even recommend that you bring them to your next board meeting. Spice it up. It's a conversation piece. Yeah, booties aren't just for babies. There's this misconception that, oh, once you're over eight months old, you can't wear booties anymore. That's not true. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah. So anyway, I know winter is coming, and uh, everybody wants to stay nice and cozy. And uh, so I don't know that. Is wait, that wait a second. I, I, think, I think winter is coming. Did you not enjoy Shane's uh, baby? Booty, yeah, it's not my uh, best pitch? work. Uh, well, 
That's why I went right back to Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. <laughs> Get your... Because everybody... Isn't it winter a, a right now? What do you mean winter is coming? We're in winter. No, it's fall. It's still fall. When's, but you got to get prepared for fall? winter. It's fall? Yeah, it's still fall. We're, oh. we're in fall until what? Fall in what? Canada's winter, though. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, time is now. Don't delay. Time is get now. Get your cush booties. Yeah. All right, guys. Get your cush booties. Go to baffin.com. 30% off on a full order. The code is best hang 30 the best thing I wear on my feet all day long. Kyrie Irving. Mm. Can we talk about Kyrie Irving? What, did he get vaccinated? (laughs) No, no, he's still not vaccinated. (laughs) Uh, Mike, do you want to walk our listeners? Do you find this an interesting subject? We don't need to talk about it, but I think it's it's kind of funny. I, I find him interesting in that just his particular style of debate is so... Uh, frustrating, I think, for a lot of people. Like, and I and I think that's kind of fun to investigate a little bit. But Mike, do you want to or do, do you want to set it up or do you want to talk about something? Yeah, else? well, no, I mean, we can talk about him. He's he's well. There's like two. There's like a couple things going on. Like Kyrie is such like he sort of embodies like YouTube research and then like sort of like presenting as like a deep thinker when you're pretty like surface level and and then he'll say something inflammatory and then be like, "What? I'm just a guy. I'm allowed to have a. I'm a human being. I'm allowed to have an opinion." It's like, yeah, but you got. Mm-hmm. 20 million followers on Instagram. Like people listen to you for our listeners. He's a guard for the Brooklyn nets. Yeah. Uh, he's he's an NBA player. Mm-hmm. We've talked about him on this podcast before, but he has a history of doing this stuff. He basically years ago in Boston, he said that the earth was flat and that he's never seen the earth. So how does he know it's round? If he hasn't seen it, how can he's just going to believe what somebody <laughs> says? He's like, I've never been in outer space. I've, so he's kind of one of those. And it was like, is he being serious? Is he trolling? So that's like, that's a fun version of sort of, his sort of like brand of, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, buffoonery, trickery, the mischievous sort of like trolling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the vaccine, the pandemic happens. Uh, I actually heard someone on a podcast the other day called a black swan event, which I thought was such a good way to describe it. Cause he was basically describing huh. why everything went, he, he's like, he's like, this is why everything went wrong with the Brooklyn nets. He starts describing everything went wrong. And then he's like, he's like, and then a black swan event happened. The pandemic happened, which obviously mm. Kyrie refused to get vaccinated. Then he couldn't play that year. So that one, you have to kind of give the nets a pass on because it was such a, a unique circumstance that no one could have planned for how that affected Kyrie. There's a long way of saying Kyrie refused to get vaccinated. Vaccinated. He was basically an anti-vaxxer. He kind of became the face for the movement in sports. In New York, you had to be vaccinated to work, so he couldn't play home games. The team, their owner, Josiah, was like a very big proponent of vaccinations. He's like, if he can't play home games, he can't play away games, ice him, send him home. So Kyrie had to sit most of the season out. And this is the ironic part. Then the Nets started losing and they're like, well, he can come back and play away in games like they caved once they needed to win again. So yeah. Kyrie kind of felt very like, OK. And then obviously this year that mandates dropped. And so he's felt vindicated in his vaccine stance i guess he won if you air quote whatever that means that brings us to the far more serious sort of like turn that the Kyrie irving saga has taken and is that he is on his instagram he promoted um a movie like a a movie that's sort of like i guess an exploration of history Uh, but within this movie there is a ton of anti-semitic completely you know like sort of like hurtful falsehoods uh, uh that are within this film that are like basically shouldn't uh you know be spoken Kyrie promoted it when he confronted and by the way like it's hurt a ton of people it's kind of on the heels of everything that's going on with fucking Kanye West and obviously there's real this is where it's like it's fun to kind of make fun of Ka- uh, Kyrie but it's like there's also this whole other element uh where I think like people obviously in the Jewish community are like this is fucked up like people like Kanye and people like Kyrie are promoting you know like hate towards our people and it's like, who's speaking up? You know, there's more sort of violence against our community. It's sort of like coming, you know, it's bubbling up in a way that 
isn't insignificant and we need to talk about it more. So it's like, even though it's kind of like a story to us, I think it's obviously something that is very serious to that community. And I guess to that point, Max, I'd be fascinated to know, because obviously we've talked about some podcasts, mm. you're half Jewish. Mm. Uh, mm. Where do you land when you hear Kyrie sort of promoting this? And then we can get into Kyrie's denials and half talking, kind of like not apologizing. He's not, he's kind of wants to play it both ways. He's kind of dipping his toe in the Kanye bullshit. Mm-hmm. So anyway, long story long is Ky- Kyrie got suspended eventually after the NBA kind of failed to act. The team finally fucking suspended him because he refused to outright say, I'm sorry for posting it. Mm-hmm. And then two, I'm not anti-Semitic. He just wouldn't say mm-hmm. those words in his press conference in person, which was crazy. And then, mm-hmm. so they suspended him. He finally released an apology saying all the things they wanted, but it was written. I want to see Kyrie talk again, to be honest, because mm-hmm. he's such a Was there a world where we expect Kyrie to say that he's anti-Semitic though? <laughs> but, but I think that by not denying it outright, you're leaving the door open to being like, acting like there's elements of those beliefs that you actually agree with. You're saying he didn't say he's not anti-Semitic. Yes. My bad. He he didn't deny outright. They were like, are you anti-Semitic? And instead of saying no, he was like, how could I be? I know where I come from. And then he was like, you know, where were you when my people, a bunch of my people were buried in America? Cause he's, he's part Mm -hmm. native American. So then he kind of turned it into like a little bit of like a, what about, this and it was combative and and which obviously isn't the point of the conversation but yeah circling back to you max if when you read a story like this Mm. do you read it as just like a like i read that story or does it hit you in a more visceral way because of you know being half jewish no i mean um no i don't I, i hot take i believe that all you know races and creeds and religion should be treated equally except for the bad ones you know you know like we, we don't like the, the bad ones um but uh yeah i mean the thing that is interesting to me is yeah of course like he should have if he wanted to be adult like about the situation and he could have just simply did the thing that he knows everybody wants to do and the thing which is probably true in his heart which is and he and he was almost saying as much that he only has respect and love for all walks of life right but he's mm-hmm. like can you just say the thing that we're asking you to say that you're not anti-semitic or like to say and that you're words, sorry just say i'm and sorry that you're sorry can you just say that yeah because he basically said it a bunch of different times but but he refused to do the thing that people wanted him to do yeah which which i think speaks to his personality type and his reaction on vaccines i will say i do have a friend uh who pointed out that uh, when it comes to people that are like anti-vax, vax, like someone like Kyrie, is just like what they don't like is being told what to do. They don't like being told what to do by a by the government, basically. Yeah. But if you were to sell the vaccine online on a website as a miracle drug that helps you <laughs> save you, that, that your life expectancy is yeah. like you know twenty times greater, and the chances yes. of you ending up in the hospital are zero. If you just sold it online yeah. and Joe Rogan put it on his podcast, they'd all fucking the, buy the it. drug. The government doesn't want you to have. You to have? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is such a funny take. That's great. Yeah, and it's so true. And it's just like with Ky- Kyrie, is just that he's anti-authority. And he just doesn't want to be told what to do. And and it's kind of as simple as that. I don't think it's like actually that much more malicious. I don't think. I, I think he doesn't want to lose his fan base too, that he's kind of the spokesperson for all of these people and probably been, uh, you know, big upped by a lot of them and saying sorry, he might lose a lot of those fans. So he has to find different wording other than saying sorry, because that's the worst thing that those people could ever say. But he is such a, 
Yeah, particular guy. And to be honest, I was surprised he apologized in print. Maybe he wrote it. Maybe mm. someone on his team wrote it while he was watching like Loose Change on YouTube, like the 9-11 conspiracy doc. Uh, like who knows what <laughs> It was what a great Kyrie... movie though for tricking me. <laughs> Young Shane was all in on Loose Change. <laughs> 9-11 was an inside job, man. Um, that's what the, the, that's what the, is not the crux of Loose Change is that 9-11 was an inside job? Well, the tower just went down so fast, you know, and metal doesn't melt that way, Mike. <laughs> but yeah, Kyrie, Kyrie is such like a particular personality and he got himself into this situation and obviously people are like truly hurt you know what I mean and I I think that anyway I'm surprised he apologized as sincerely as he did in print we'll see what he says the next in-person press conference but uh I think he just looked at the landscape and he's like oh my god like I'm in the last year of my 40 million dollar contract I might not play in the NBA again like they've suspended Mm -hmm. me indefinitely and the language the Brooklyn Nets used after that second press conference where again he refused to apologize um is they said he's unfit to represent the Brooklyn Nets. Mm. And until further time, like, the, the, like it was a pretty, like, I don't know. There was no ambiguity in the Brooklyn Nets statement about sort of disavowing him and his, what he's sort of promoted on his social media. Um, but I thought to Shane's point, cause he needs to keep sort of his people that he was going to dig in. And his apology was very sort of like, okay, there's no ambiguity here about what he's apo- again in print. And he needs to save the rest of his $40 million season because next year, no one's going to give him that. Like, I don't know who, like, I guess there's another question, you know, it's like, what do you think happens with, with Kyrie's career? Cause he's mm-hmm. arguably one of, you know, he's so fucking talented, but he's not so talented anymore. The league is so deep now that it's just like, if this was five years ago and he's a little bit younger and he's like a, you know, a burgeoning star, there might've been more, more patience for him, but it's like Kyrie, you know, he's hurt half the time when he does play he's not always great. Like it, it's if he's on your team, it's not like you're guaranteed to make the playoffs. Like there's mm-hmm. a sea change happening within the NBA that if you used to have Kevin Durant or Russell Westbrook or James Harden or Kyrie on your team, you're going to make the playoffs. That is not the case. LeBron James, you're not, that's not the case anymore. There's so many new young studs now. And so it's like, I wonder if he feels that that power that he had as a star isn't existing anymore because it's like, you know, like if Kyrie never played another game of basketball, would we as basketball lovers be that disappointed? I don't think we would. Yeah. I, I guess I'm just fascinated by like <laughs> human beings and sort of like what is like Kyrie's brand is authentic meaning to his own beliefs. Like I believe something I'm going to be real with you as always. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand by what I say. That's kind of like whatever his thing is. And so it's like, he's sort of presented himself as somebody who's willing to lose it all. Like when he did yeah. the vaccine thing, I well, think, he I think fuck he you money. So he's saying, fuck he you. <laughs> but this is, but I wonder, you know, Kyrie's what 30, 29, 30, 30, 31. I don't know, but it's wow. like, he's, he has to have fuck you money, but it's going away. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. he has a lifestyle that probably got used to the fuck you money. And it's not mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm saying is it's like, I wonder if Kyrie's sort of position change is like, from the heart truly oh i see what i did and why it was wrong and why this is thing or if he's like shit if i want to have a career for the next 10 years or eight years and make another 100 million dollars i need to say sorry and i'm just fascinated by like that because it's like he's he's actually so close to to being that sort of like outspoken like modern day pioneer of like social rights you know it's like i remember like when he was i think uh when the uh 
the all the BLM stuff was happening in during the bubble season. Yeah. He, I think he was the first one to say like we shouldn't play. I don't I don't need to play. Like this doesn't have anything to do with because like, the vaccine wasn't even available yet. We're like, oh, this guy's willing to like not play basketball for these greater social issues. And like, you know, there's other instances where he's like showing up on like a zoom. See, but this is, this is the bullshit though, is because Kyrie was coming off an injury. That was the joke is Kyrie was like, uh, guys, we shouldn't do it. It's like, yeah, cause you can't fucking play anyway. uh, The rest of the guys are trying to save money. Like there's, that's what I'm saying is like these, their principles are here and I'm willing to give it all up. It's like the minute you go, you're actually gonna lose $40 million this year. All of Mm -hmm. a sudden they're like, apologizing on Instagram, but he just real quick. He, he wouldn't take the vaccine and he legitimately lost a lot of money for doing that. Right. He wasn't getting paid. It's true. But I think he still thought at that point, I've got a, someone's going to be a max contract next year. He thought he was getting a max contract from the nets this summer. I think the thing is it, I think the league closed in around him very quickly. Whereas people mm-hmm. were like, the nets have been trying to trade you for two weeks and nobody will take you and they won't take you for nothing. Like if, if we cut you right now, if they cut Kyrie Irving right now, Toronto wouldn't take him and so I wouldn't touch him. Like, I don't think the Lakers could take him. Like, do you think like Los Angeles would accept Kyrie right now? Like the fan base, like maybe they would, they're so desperate, mm-hmm. but it's just, do you, is he going to show up? Is he going to, you don't know what you're getting. It's like, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. It's, it's a very fascinating thing. Yeah. I, I like to think sometimes because all these players are, you know, very confident young men and, you know, have had sort of like the world, you know, bowing at them probably since they were 16 years old. But there are personality types that just are in you no matter what. And Kyrie's probably been the same kind of guy who probably thought he was a little smarter than he is and wanted to be sort of confrontational in this sort of passive aggressive way and was, was thinking about bigger issues outside. Like he's probably always been like this Well, you know, I think Steph by nature is the way he is. And I think you go through any, any of these guys, they are kind of born with a personality type of, uh, you know, that has nothing to do with necessarily their fame. Do you think any of, and and sometimes I like to think about our own friend group, Mm -hmm. like if someone got really famous or was a professional athlete, the type of professional athlete that they'd be, do we have any friends that would really be like good pot stirrers or like, or just be kind of entertaining as, uh, as celebrities or, or. Oh my God. Yeah. Rob Ascula. (laughs) You kidding me? (laughs) What would he be like? Uh, Describe Rob. (laughs) Oh, uh, how do you describe <laughs> Rob's kind of anti-authority. Yeah, yeah. He, is. He, he doesn't like he's like you, Max. He doesn't like uh, loud vehicles going through residential neighborhoods. <laughs> <laughs> he's Yeah, he's a bike. He's a bike repair guy. I feel like a lot of those. That's a particular personality. Yeah, I just like when those per- people get really famous and then they can really, you know, throw their weight around. It's kind of fun when that, when that kind of thing happens. Who else is kind of anti-authority? Um Myers in a way. Oh yeah. 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 Mark Myers. Like, okay, Shane, this, mm-hmm. what if you had gotten really famous at like 21 or, and you had a ton of money, how do you think you would have turned out? Like, what, what you, no, sorry. What do your twenties be look like? Would you say? Well, wild in the partying sense, but I'm also a <laughs> super nerd rule following type person. Uh, mm. like I am the most bow down, do what I'm told stay in line be there early 10 minutes early i'm very much like that just if i party at all it can just i just want to chase the night all night that's my thing (laughs) but if a coach said no more partying or you're going to lose a contract i would just disavow alcohol (laughs) mike what about you Uh, yeah i don't know I'd, i'd probably be i'd probably have a very annoying period like where I would, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> Can Danica attest to that annoying period? Yeah, like, Mike's going to do what the fuck Mike wants to do. Uh, 
<laughs> but but probably like people would be like, no, he's a fun hang. But it, yeah, it, I don't know if I'd listen to everybody. You know, there'd be a stretch and then well, I would you come s- around. It, you start thinking you're and when I say you, I mean everyone. I think everyone yeah, yeah. thinks they're smarter than they are. So yes. if you get to some elevated status, you think it's because you're so much smarter than everyone else. Like I knew I'd be here. So all Mm -hmm. of my thoughts therefore are correct. And I have the ability to be a little bit cockier than I probably should be. Yeah, Mike, because you are naturally a philosophical guy and you're a great talker and and you're very convincing. So I can see you at like the height of your powers as like the most famous rich 24 year old guy, just being the most confident man alive, just sort of like talking about all of your philosophies on living in life and, and yeah. art. I think you'd be really good at that. I, I, I would love to see that actually. Yeah, we all missed out, guys. We missed out. We missed out on that moment. <laughs> what uh, about you, Max? Has it happened to you? Because you are in a somewhat famous position. Yeah. Do you think you're much smarter than you actually are? <laughs> no, because we've always been like humbled as like these Canadian musicians. So I, I think that's always in the back of our mind. And I got Nick Dyka. He, he's just throwing Catholic guilt at me all the time. You know, like Nick mm. Nick uh, has no patience for any like grand size egos in the band. That like, being said, if Margot Robbie's in the room, you're like, eh, I'm going to go talk to her and schmooze her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got that, which is very impressive. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Texting Buble, like you have a rational confidence mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, Max, we missed you at the wedding. I wish that you had mm-hmm. been there. Uh, big shout out to Greg and Laura. Oh, speaking of Greg and Laura, or right, well, Greg, first of all, for the wedding party, I don't know if anyone saw this. If you follow me on Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, he got all jackets. the groomsmen these like awesome like these jackets. What do they call them? Like Leatherman jackets, where it had like mm-hmm. our initials, and then it's on the Letterman, inside, isn't it? Letterman, Letterman jacket. Yeah, yeah. Leatherman. Letterman. I don't think oh, it's, it's leather. <laughs> no. Well, it was because the arms are leather. That's like a, that like a doggy dog sense. or doggy. <laughs> Maybe it's Letterman because there's a letter on your jacket. If you're varsity yeah, yeah, I think something. that's why. I, think I that's don't why. know. Anyway, this Letterman jacket, uh, like a David Letterman jacket, uh, has had our initials on the front. And then the year we met or became best friends with Greg uh, on the side. It is the coolest. Cool. We fucking love them. They're like, they're the coolest. Uh, so that was a great gift. And one other thing that happened that I didn't talk about was- By the so, way, I just want to say something. It speaks yeah. to Greg and I's friendship and our closeness that despite me, could have, I possibly could have been in the, in the wedding party he, and I didn't get one of these jackets. He still asked me to source the jackets. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yo, I need to track down these jackets. Can you help me source the jacket? <laughs> And I put him in touch with our merch guy. I don't know if that's where I ended up getting it from, but I do like oh, that, that. Well, they're awesome. Yeah. Are you saying you want one of these jackets, Max? You can say no, it. No, 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 I, no, I absolutely don't want one of the jackets, right. but, I, but I do appreciate that <laughs> Greg feels okay. close enough to me that he'd still ask despite not getting me one. Give me one. Yeah. Well, and this last thing I'll say about Greg and Laura is last night or the other night I was watching uh Raps a Spurs game. I'm just sitting literally on my couch. I got the kids to bed early. I was feeling saucy, so I decided to crack a couple beers. So I'm literally in my basement watching Raps. I've got like it's like my third Bud Light and uh it's in the third quarter they come back from commercial and they're kind of showing people in the crowd and the commentators Matt Devlin and Jackers was like they're talking and then all of a sudden a photo of Greg and Laura from their wedding comes up on my television screen. And I was like, I literally pointed like that Leonardo DiCaprio, like image, like I was holding a beer and pointing at my TV, like that shot of Leo from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I was like, oh my God. And then I like watched and then I rewound and I had to film it and I put it up. But, um, cause Greg works for the Raptors. They gave him a big shout out and we're like, you know, congrats. And Matt Devlin was like the rare in season wedding. And it's funny cause Greg was even saying at the wedding that it's very taboo to like get married and go on a honeymoon to Copenhagen during the wedding or during the, the, the NBA season. Cause you know, there's work to be done. 
And then Jack was joking about how he got married during the season, but there was no honeymoon. And anyway, it was a very <laughs> real and entertaining moment because I totally did not expect it. And then I, I sent it to Greg, but they're ahead of us in time because uh, they're in Copenhagen. And he was just like, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Like he just knew I'd be watching, but it was, I, I don't know. I've talked about this before. I love surprises like that. It's so much better to experience it that way than to like see somebody text it to you. Do you know what I mean? It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Were you That's watching so the cool. game, Shane? No, but people were texting in the basketball group and sending yeah. photos around. So I thought that was awesome. Yeah, it was very cool. And speaking of awesome, I was just going to thank Greg right now for um, not having me do literally anything in the wedding party. And I mean anything. <laughs> I missed. I, I had one duty and Greg let me sleep in his bed and sleep through the duty I was supposed to do because um, <laughs> we went out the night before, which is kind of our group's tradition. Maybe that's a tradition in general, but we stayed out a little bit longer than I was expecting because I was <laughs> I was told we were just going to watch uh, a film, Three Amigos, and have a have a fun night in, like I guess bonding, and then we we're going to wake up and apparently help move chairs into the wedding venue. But we were out quite late. And uh, I slept on the wood floor. So Greg <laughs> saw that my sleeping conditions and kind of got me to go in the bed and let me sleep till 1 p.m. the next oh, day. That's amazing. That's so I just want to thank him so much because I the, some people could have been a groomzilla about it and be very angry and disappointed with how little I helped. But he facilitated that for me and I appreciate it. Mm. And, you know, no speeches. I wasn't the MC. I got a sweet jacket, had the best party ever. <laughs> yeah. And it was just an awesome wedding. I'm so happy for Greg and Laura. Yeah. And that's it. It was the best. That's my speech. That's it. Well, congrats to them. Maxie, you were missed. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get to the next one. Brody's the next one getting married, I think. So let's yeah. let's make sure you're available for that one so you can party with the gang. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to Nathan Nash putting these together. Thank you to Manager Ash for everything. Guys, it's been a good hang. Maybe the best. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.